0: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Alyssa Stevenson. Liz is one of my old friends. Um, I have known her for a while. And so it's super exciting to have her on the podcast and talk about her journey and where she's at now. Um, So, Liz is the founder and manager at ASM, which is Alyssa Stevenson Management. She's just started up this management company, which I'm super excited to be promoting on the podcast. It is about digital TV. And film production, social media management and strategy, talent and brand management and partnerships as well. So um, Liz has so much experience in her journey, in her career with all these different things. So she decided to start this company, which incorporated all of them, which is awesome. Um, So she's covering all bases for the people that she's managing and representing. Um, In her past, she has worked for First Option Pictures as a producer, which is Morrissey Management's production company. And she's also interned over in LA as a producer. She's also um, been the manager of the Morrissey Management Instagram and grown their content as well as um, working with their clients to secure partnerships with brands. She's worked at Stan and worked with the original content producer, um, the head of original content over at Stan. So she has so much experience and I'm so excited that she's decided to, you know, put that all into one company and be able to give that to the people that she's representing. So. I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, um, I actually have a new website. So that is very exciting. I have linked my new website below if you want to go and check it out. Um, There are going to be some changes happening with the podcast very soon. Um, You might notice some changes. The episodes are going to be the same. I'm going to talk about um, some new stuff in an upcoming episode um, after the next two. So, Um, yeah, I'm just super excited and very happy with where everything is heading with the podcast. And I always like updating you guys because, um, yeah, I just like putting into practice exactly what I'm saying on the podcast as well. And um, definitely that's, you know, making changes that make you happy, making changes that will ultimately better where you want to be. And I feel like more recently i'm definitely putting that into practice and i want to do a whole episode on that and talk it out with you guys so um wait for that one um i will also link all of lissa's socials and websites below i will link my socials and email below if you feel so inclined to reach out to me thank you to everyone that does it is honestly the most amazing thing to get messages from you guys. It is so heartwarming and I love it every single time. So please don't feel weird about reaching out. I love it. Um, And I love you guys as an audience. So without further ado, let's jump in. List. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. The last episode I did was one of my friends, Kalia, and now I've got you on as one of my friends. So, you know, it's got back-to-back friend episodes. My friends are just very talented, clearly. So how are you doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Thank you for calling me talented. Um, I'm doing really well um isolation I was in isolation for two weeks recently which was um eh, it was okay it started off on a really kind of bad foot where I was crying a lot and then I kind of was like <laughs> okay gotta get my shit together <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> perfect time to finish my feature film and kind of work on my own project so it ended up being really productive but I think the first three days I definitely wallowed in my pity um but no it's great
0: <laughs> that's fine you need to wallow sometimes I've like I I'm very like envious of the people that are like okay I have time in isolation so I'm gonna get everything done and I'm like oh man no <laughs> I just get to do like one yes. thing a day
1: <laughs> yeah see I thought I would be like that and then I I just cried for three days and then I and then I realized oh my god I'm actually not that person that I thought I would be so <laughs> no but it was fine I I ended up it ended up being great I did yeah yoga every day at the end and kind of finished the stuff I needed to do and yeah it was
0: great I'm so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> so well I I guess I can introduce you as a, a manager now a company owner a producer you were an actor um, when we first met yes. so you have so many titles now so um, I guess <laughs> I just don't even know where to start. Um, we met obviously um, as actors. Um, we were both doing a play, a very, very <laughs> terrible rendition of the importance of being earnest. We weren't terrible in it. It was just the play itself was just directed terribly. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> we were great. We, we were, were great. fabulous. The- <laughs> the production not so much that is still one of the most memorable um memorable productions I've ever been in because when I explain it to people they just cannot believe it yes but I mean the good thing that came out of it is we met each other and we bonded over the experience it's so
0: true we've been in touch ever since and been friends ever since and oh my god like that yeah, around that time we were drinking so much wine and I can really understand why, because <laughs> we were just trying to get through yeah. the rehearsals and just put the show on and then put it behind us. Um, but mind you, The Importance of Being Earnest is still my favorite play. So it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> unfortunate, but <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah. a whole thing, a whole thing.
1: Um, we'll just have to we'll just have to redo it, but in a setting that's civilized and professional.
0: Yes, please. That would be great. Um, so I guess um, that's how we met. Um, but how did your interest in the entertainment industry as a whole first start out?
1: So I think I started acting when I was five years old. And I kind of announced to everyone at the age of five that I was going to be an actor. And then I <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be an actor. And I made sure of it. And then I was in a child acting and modelling agency when I was in junior school, I think, or maybe it was high school. Um, and that lasted about two years. And then I didn't make my parents enough money, so they pulled me out. And I'm <laughs> so annoyed because still to this day, I'm like, why did you pull me out i was like i could have been famous and um yeah and then i went to and then i continued acting and getting coached through school and then i went i got into newtown performing arts for 11 and 12 for acting and i kind of was like do i you know pursue a career in real estate or because that was the only job that i thought i would like besides acting and then or do i go down the acting path and then I think I lasted in real estate for about a year and then realised this is a terrible decision and people who are in real estate have no souls. Um, and <laughs> when, <laughs> when I have lots of friends in real estate, love them dearly, but, like, it is cutthroat and you have to be so... You just have to lie to people and no. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And then
1: I kind of went down the... Yeah, it's horrible. And then when I went down the acting path and um, got a scholarship to... TVI Studios in LA and then went over there and studied and kind of had my first um, experience in the entertainment industry in LA at the age of 19. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) I feel like um, it's interesting because like I know that you've gone Back to LA since as a producer as well and so something that's really stuck with me that you said um I don't know if it was directly to me or if it was on your Instagram I don't know now (laughs) I'm second guessing myself
1: (laughs) just saying like oh
0: my god did this actually happen um no I remember you saying like the difference in going to LA as an actor and then going to LA and saying you were a producer was like monumental, Mm. like the doors that kind of opened for you. So when did you get into producing?
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I definitely did say that to you now that I remember saying that to you, but um, I, I, yeah, (laughs) so don't worry. Um, (laughs) I got into producing um, when I was in my final year at International Screen Academy, which is now called Sydney Actors School, and we had to create a film, and I put my hand up to be the director, and then they basically, you had to put like a first preference and a second preference, and my second preference was producing, and I knew nothing about producing. Um, I didn't even know I wanted to do producing, but I knew I was really good at kind of organizing and bringing people together and kind of um constructing things um and the teachers kind of they didn't give me directing and they kind of pulled me aside and said we think you'd make a really good producer um and i was so upset because i was like i wanted to do directing (laughs) um but yeah but it was it was honestly the best opportunity i've ever been given and um yeah and so i went away i we did we had um Taylor Stridden, I think her name is, um, who's the producer of Jade of Death. Um, and she is quite a um, successful independent producer. And she came in and had uh, two days with us, um, with the producers. And I kind of fell in love with producing and fell in love with this idea of like, I guess having more control over the story. Cause I think as an actor, really you just have to learn the lines and you kind of go on set and you don't know who you're going to work with. And, you know, I've had a lot of experiences where I've rocked up on set and there's just, the crew has been, oh, it's just not that nice to work with and it's been really uncomfortable and, um, you know, and it makes it quite distracting as an actor. And I think as a producer, I really liked the idea of like having control over what story I was telling, but then also, um, curating the kind of crew together and choosing who I wanted to work with, and um, yeah, and and the cu- having like a say in the casting, and yeah, it was great. I really lo- enjoyed it. And then from there, I um, so yeah, we had that kind of opportunity to that I was able to produce a short film at school, and then I also at the same time had written a concept for a feature film called The Crossing and had it um pitched to another producer of a production company who wanted to make it a feature film and they said to me um we'd love to make this as a feature film but the two lead roles we're going to put home away actors in and (laughs) i originally had written that role for myself (laughs) of course (laughs) i'd originally yeah i was like And i was like how dare you tell me that someone else is going to play this role i was like this is my role and how dare they be in home and
0: away (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i was like i'm better than that and um and then i had in mind who i wanted as the lead male but at the time i hadn't even approached him i just knew i was like this is the guy and then yeah the producer said not sorry you can have a supporting role. And I was like, no, I want the lead role. And then I kind of realized that I actually wasn't capable at the time of writing a feature film. And so I was like, I'm gonna write a short film. And then I wrote a short film and realized that there was more to the story. And so then I wrote another episode and then it kind of ended up, I ended up writing five, seven minute episodes. Um, of a web series called The Crossing and had an opportunity to pitch it to NBC and ABC and was going to originally film the pilot, but (laughs) I was a bit of an overachiever and was like, I'm going to film the whole season. My first project, no idea how to even do anything. And I just kind of self-taught myself producing and um, spent two weeks away filming the crossing and producing it and also acting in it and obviously written everything as well um and yeah and that's how I kind of got into producing <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've def I've definitely done the same thing in which um yeah I created a web series and I was like I'll just learn how to produce and like you know, yeah, Mossman write, now. Mossman now, yes. Um, yeah. Like writing the writing the scripts and like forcing myself to write seven episodes and then being like, well, I don't have a budget. Yeah. I think I made the whole seven episodes for like five hundred dollars, which is insane. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's just like with producing, I really find that the job title it can really be so many different things. It's not ever like, this is what producing is. There's so many things that you need to do as a producer. And I feel like every project is also different. Um, And the only way that you can really learn how to produce is kind of just jumping in the deep end and doing it. And you are gonna make mistakes and like the first project might be shit. And then the next one might be a little bit less shit. Um, and that's fine, you know. So that's what I've really found, like um, taking on producing, and I'm sure you found that um, as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, always interesting to me when people are like, oh, "I just had an opportunity to pitch to this person," and I'm like, "Where did that contact come from? Tell me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, in regarding NBC. Yes. Yeah. Um, So funny story. So when I made the crossing, I was really, really lucky. And I I realize how lucky I am. I basically, um, basically pitched to my school, this idea and said, Hey, can I have every single piece of equipment that you own $8,000 worth? (laughs) And can I go and make the crossing? And then my friend happened to own a farm that had all the locations that I'd written about and blah, blah, blah. It was just the stars just aligned. And then while this is all happening and we're filming, my dad, um, who's an electrician, was – and he works for quite um, high-profile people at times. And he <laughs> – I'm not joking – just happened uh, – uh, I think while we were all filming, he happened to work for – the CEO of NBC <laughs> Universal and starts telling this guy, not realizing, like my dad's so proud, and he all his customers. He's like, "How's your How's your daughter's going?" And he's like, "Oh, they're great." Alyssa's, you know, in the countryside filming this thing, and you know, he tells all these customers Alyssa's doing this, and you know, she's in the countryside filming this web series, and and he just happened to tell the CEO of NBC Universal and at the time they happened to be looking for short form (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi and it was just by pure by pure chance my dad and my dad didn't even know like when my dad told oh my dad's like oh I was talking to this guy who works for Foxtel the other day and he said He'd be interested in hearing more about your TV show. And I was like, well, first of all, it's actually a web series. Second of all, who's this guy at Foxtel? And then dad said the name. And then I looked up and I was like, dad, that's the CEO of NBC Universal. He's like, oh, is that good? I was like, oh, my God. And um, so my first pitch was to the CEO of NBC Universal and the creative director, um, which was absolutely terrifying. And I remember they asked me and and it's so funny because you know that there's obviously that saying like fake it until you make it. And I remember I just literally like used all my acting skills and was like i am a successful producer and i like walked in and i was like i am a successful producer and just like i was t- and and i remember they asked me they're like how old are you and i was like 24 and they were like what and i was like yes 24 <laughs> like i yeah i just honestly just i yeah and i and and look and it, and my pitch wasn't perfect by any means like there was this one moment where they asked me if it was serial or episodic. And I had no idea what that meant. And I was like, episodic. Mm. And they're like, okay, right. And then I continued telling them about the, the crossing and they were like, no, no, it's serial. And I was like, "Uh, I still, yeah, it was just like, I don't know what that meant. But um, yeah, so it was interesting. And then ABC, I w- when I was working at Stan, Um, I was lucky enough to get introduced to the head of drama at the time. I can't remember her name, but um, the head of drama at ABC. And then obviously I pitched to Stan uh, because I was working there and kind of harassed them enough enough to have a meeting with me. (laughs) So, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like it's such a, it's really funny how like with stuff like that, It never happens in the way that you think it's going to, which is always really exciting. Like it's never like, oh, I meet this person and then they know this person. And then like I go to this meeting and then I get to meet this person. It's like your dad who doesn't work in the industry at all is like, hey, you know, and I think that's like such a great lesson for people to just like be passionate about what they're doing and you know, have supportive people around you, even if it's your family who's yeah. not in the industry or your friends that are not in the industry. Cause you just never know how it's gonna happen um, or like where yeah. things are gonna come from. And I th- I think that's exciting. I mean, some, I think it can be daunting sometimes to be like, oh my God, I just like literally have no idea. But then that means that there's so many options, you know? Yeah. Um, now you're talking about working for Stan. Um, you, what was your role at Stan? Because you were saying that you like, um, uh, what word did you use? You bothered them so much about pitching to them. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What exactly was your role in Stan?
1: Yeah. So at the t- time, I was acting, um, and they were looking to hire an actor uh, um, in a reception role, but it was called Director of First Impressions. And their (laughs) intentions were originally to hire Hilarious whenever anyone's asked me, like, what is Director of First Impressions? I'm like, Office Manager and Receptionist. (laughs) Um, Yeah, basically they wanted to hire an actor to a offer them a part-time income in the entertainment industry. But also, (laughs) it sounds ridiculous, but literally this is what they were going to do. They wanted to hire an actor so that they, the actor could, for example, if there was someone coming in from America, they would say to the actor, okay, put on an American accent and impersonate this person. And... (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) And basically... And basically the receptionist would act as different characters. Obviously when they hired me, that did not end up happening, but um, you know, I was very much like, kind of like the the first face people saw and had to know everyone's name and stuff. And, um, and so naturally it kind of ended up being this really welcoming role of like, you're the receptionist, but then you also, Uh, the office manager and you're also the distributor drinks host and it kind of eventuated into that. Um, And then I was also um, doing some work for Rob Gibson at the time, who was head of originals. Um, So I was reading all the scripts that would come in, providing feedback. I'd watch all the films because we had so many submissions and he didn't have an assistant at the time. And he knew that I was a writer and a producer and an actor. So he basically would I was his unofficial kind of assistant, so I would read all the scripts, and um, he was great. He was he really helped mentor me and with producing, and um, he put me in touch with so many people, and he was just amazing. gave me so much feedback, and I wanted to learn how to do script coverage, and he was just uh, he was amazing. He was so supportive. Absolutely, absolutely adored him. Um, but yeah, and then my role, I went. I did a development internship for a production company in la uh, for two months which was amazing and then when i came back to stan because they originally said to me they'll hold my job and then i came back to stan and they said would you like a content executive role so i transitioned into that for i think i was in that role for six months and then i moved over to first option and morrissey mm.
0: so, so yeah when you were with the internship over in america um like what were you looking to kind of get out of that slash what was the did did you find that that really kind of opened up your skill set because you're working on an international level which like the way that they work is definitely Mm -hmm. different to australia i'm sure there's similarities but um yeah what was your kind of thought process of taking that on
1: yeah um So to be completely honest with you, the reason why um, I ended up applying for an internship in LA, it was because I actually couldn't get one in Sydney. Um, I emailed all the production companies in Sydney and said, I'm happy to work for free. I just want an internship in development. And I wanna learn more about development because originally my goal was to be head of originals at Stan. And I was, and they didn't have a development apartment um, department, so I had intentions of getting experience in a development internship. And then I was gonna go to Stan and say, hey, could I be the director of, um, you know, the coordinator of development or, um, you know, a director, a development assistant or something like that. So that was kind of my intentions of doing the internship. Um, but then it ended up becoming, such a great opportunity for me because yeah as i said when i went to la um and introduced myself it was the first time i went to la and i introduced myself as a producer and not as an actor um, and i've been to la five times so it was yeah it was all these doors started opening i was having meetings with people that i just would never have had the opportunity to meet with um i was meeting with agents for like the caa and like you know, writers, agents, directors, agents, producers. um, And I was also obviously meeting actors as well. Uh, But there was just different opportunities. And I found that since I've kind of taken actor off my job description, I've been taken a lot more seriously in terms of um, when I'm pitching projects. Uh, I find that if you're, if you say I'm an actor, writer and producer, they're like, oh, because they don't think an actor can be. Yeah, but but also I think generally people don't think an actor can be a good producer and a producer can also be a good actor. So I think that, like, unfortunately, until you obviously get to the stage where you're a well-known actor and then you can transition into producing and no one blinks an eye. But I think starting out, I think it's a bit hard to have people take you seriously as either an actor or a producer when you're doing both. I think you kind of need to pick one is what I'm starting to realise is that um, especially as like my producing career kind of moves forward, I'm, I've realised that I can't really, I've got to kind of let go of acting a little bit more, um, which is fine. I haven't been acting for I think a year and a half, two years now um and
0: yeah so i kind of diverted from the question a bit no no that's (laughs) fine (laughs) that's what we do um no i completely agree i find that with podcasting as well um definitely i found that when i approach people and say i'm a podcaster um Mm. they're definitely really interested and then i can add in oh i'm an actor and that kind of gets them more interested as well Um, especially um, booking guests on the podcast and that sort of thing. Not that I'm saying that everyone should start a podcast in order that they can get a a meeting with certain people, (laughs) but it's just, I think um, what's really interesting to think about is um, what you say to people and how you're presenting something. Like it's totally fine to be a producer and acting in something that you're producing, Mm. but you know, when it comes to pitching things, maybe like you should have other producers on definitely because, you know, you just need yeah. the help when it comes down to shoot day. Um, and maybe those producers should be the ones pitching the project and you should kind of take the back seat because yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, even though actors should be making their own work and should be producing content, you also have to think about the business side of how they're looking at you and your project. Um, and I'm definitely like, um, you know, when I approach people to be on the podcast, I'm never saying, Hey, I'm a podcaster and an actor. I'm always saying, hi, I'm a podcaster. And the actor thing only ever comes in, in conversation when we're actually talking on the podcast, so yeah. you know, it's, and that's you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to do it that way, but obviously, you and I have both had an experience of like, you know, thinking about how we present ourselves, and I don't think it's deceiving. Yeah. I don't think it's like selling yourself short. It's kind of just playing the game, almost, you know?
1: Yeah, it it is definitely, mm. and it's yeah, it's interesting. I think it's 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 kind of one of those things. It's like knowing what it's adapting yeah what it is is it's adapting to your environment and knowing that this title will probably be more appealing to other people and this title will probably be appealing to that certain range of people and kind of adapting to who you think would be more suited to it um yeah
0: yeah definitely Um, So you mentioned once you um, finished up at Stan, you went to work for Morrissey Management and First Option Pictures, which is their production company. Um, And Mm -hmm. um, side note, I did an episode. I literally cannot remember what episode, but I did an episode um, a while ago. It was just it was one of my short ones in which I was talking about um, an example of how I booked Mark Morrissey on the podcast and I didn't name you by name but I was talking about you and how um, you got me in touch with Mark so if anyone has listened to that episode and was wondering <laughs> this is that person <laughs> so obviously that um, was yeah, a really no, Mark- good in for me <laughs> yeah
1: no no Mark- Mark's lovely um, yeah so I weren't I worked um, for, so I originally started as a production assistant for First Option Pictures. So Mark Morrissey, Paul Curry um, started up a production company and Paul Curry, um, he's amazing. He's an absolute genius when it comes to producing. He's, um, he did 2.22 and then also Hacksaw Ridge. um, And he's also currently producing, I think, the one with Liam Neeson, um, is it called Black Knight? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, the one, um, the feature film with Liam Neeson that's being produced in um, Queensland. Um, but, yeah, so I was their first employee. I kind of came on. Um, I was recommended to the role and, uh, yeah, just basically got kind of first hand experience working in development. Um, they... At the time they were producing they had um burning bridges uh which is a tv series with jonathan shapiro as the executive producer um and i think he'd written the first the pilot episode as well and then they also had an audio book burning bridges with audibles um and a couple of feature films but yeah it was great it was basically just me using everything I've learned in LA and all those skills working in development, I was able to kind of transfer them over to this production company. And um, and then I started working as a social media manager at Morrissey through that uh, opportunity, which was great. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Being a social media manager, it's interesting um, when you were at Morrissey, I definitely saw that Morrissey's Instagram was very well managed. They were <laughs> they were commenting, yeah. they were liking, they were posting some great stuff. And it's important because I feel like it keeps the industry engaged in what that agency is doing. And I um, actually today I was looking at a few agencies' Instagrams and a few didn't have them, a few um, didn't utilize them as well. And then a few were really great. And it's interesting that in this day and age, how you can use social media in that way as an acting agency. Obviously like you can use it as a platform to congratulate your clients when they do get work. And to also keep everyone up to date with kind of like where your clients are at and what they're booking, that sort of thing. It kind of keeps the industry interested in you as an agency. Otherwise you can kind of be this thing that people are like, oh yeah, I know the name of that agency, but they don't really know what's going on with you. And you're kind of like this aloof entity, I guess, which is fine. You know, obviously they're booking work and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was really interesting that I noticed that when you were working there.
1: Well, it's funny cause a lot of their clients actually, um, when they were speaking to the agents, they were like, Oh, I've noticed Morris is really active on social media, but, um, it, it's crazy to think because when I started, I think they only had 2000, uh, followers. And then when I left, they had 6,000 and, it was just mind-blowing for me to think that they only had 2,000 followers because I'm like, Morrissey is such a well-known agency in Sydney, but they, you know, and and a lot of agencies are like this in Sydney where a lot of acting agencies kind of, uh, you know, they they come from that old school agent where, you know, social media isn't a thing and they don't know how to utilise it as a marketing tool. And I think that it's um, something that I know Mark was really impressed by was the fact that, suddenly they had all this brand awareness because obviously everyone in the entertainment industry knew Morrissey, but the public people that weren't in the entertainment industry didn't really know who Morrissey was. Um, and yeah. And social media kind of did help with that. And it kind of got people from the States following us and, um, yeah, it was great. And then from that opportunity, I kind of also, um, managed, social media deals with some of their talent. so when it when it would obviously be quite high social media deals i'd hand it over to the agent but um there was a couple of talent that i negotiated deals with um which was an amazing experience as well and taught me a lot and yeah Mm,
0: it must have been super interesting to be involved in an agency that obviously has some incredibly big names um on their books which we all know um so yeah, <laughs> you know the Hemsworths, um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know the blonde ones that live in you know the, those those north. blonde surfing yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one was in an action film once or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, hey, hey, I don't, what's, what's, that, what's
1: his name? Um, Thor. Thor, I think it was. Yeah.
0: I don't. I look, guys. I don't know superhero films. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wow! How offensive. Oh. They work hard, guys. They work hard. <laughs> um but no what was it like obviously being surrounded with people um that you know manage those people and I'm sure plenty of the actors would have come in when you were there and that sort of thing it's always very interesting um i find when you surround when you are surrounded by those people um it is kind of daunting but it's also a nice reminder that you know you're on that level as well you can do that work it's not unattainable um is that kind of what you found when you were working there
1: yeah it to to be honest it was actually really inspiring i think seeing how hard um because is kind of split into two levels. So on the bottom level, I would be working closely with, I was working closely with Mark and on First Option and Morrissey and then also Michael Montgomery, who's such an incredible agent, um, was sitting next to Mark and then there would be Samuel, the office manager and voiceover agent. And seeing how hard um, Michael and Mark worked and um, it was so inspiring and oh, Michael is just the most organized person and he's such an incredible agent just the way that he speaks about his talent and the way that he pitches them and fights for them um it was so inspiring and then obviously mark he's incredible at negotiating deals and incredible at getting the best deals for his talent so that was also um you know and you, you kind of just sit there and you just become this sponge and you just um just even listening to the way that they handle situations and it it gave me a great insight on um, how to speak to people and how to kind of deal with those um, high-pressure situations. And, yeah, it was was honestly one of the most incredible experiences. And, um, yeah, Mark was such an incredible mentor and um, really kind of helped nurture my love for producing. And, yeah, it was great.
0: Mm. Which brings us to, <laughs> this is such a great segue. Um, so- <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's um, so,
1: so you've We so- just love talking. I know.
0: And then I'm just like, I need to get back to like what we're actually here to talk about. And so I'm trying to like segue into like professional talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um so you've just started Alyssa Stevenson Management, ASM is what we're calling it, um, yes. which is a management company in which you do, you've lit- you literally explained it so much better than I can. So I'm not going to butcher it. So tell me <laughs> number one, what is ASM and number two, why did you want to start it?
1: um so asm is basically a company that utilizes all the skills i've learned um so we do content production we do brand partnerships and management and then we also do social media strategy social media management so yeah it basically kind of it's a a content and creative agency and then also a talent management agency that kind of utilizes all the skills and cross promotes each other
0: cool and why did you start
1: it <laughs> um, oh sorry um, i st- i actually started it because i saw a gap in the market where all these amazing talent agencies that had these incredible talent um, with obviously high um number of followers on their social media presence but they were unable to kind of utilise their social media as another way um, of, like monetize their social media, I should say, and kind of utilise it as another form of income. And I found that a lot of these high profile talents across various agencies, they didn't have social media managers, but yet they had, you know, 150,000 plus followers. And for me, I just saw a gap in the market where they obviously didn't, they weren't classified as influencers because, you know, otherwise they would have been at an influencer agency, but they had such high number of followers that there was an opportunity to partner with brands on social media that was kind of lacking. So yeah, so I kind of started ASM with intentions to kind of bridge that gap and then I also obviously produce my own content. So I thought, why not start a company that not only can partnership talent and brands, can manage talent and help them get more opportunities in whatever their career direction goes down, but then also produce content with the talent in it. So combining all those things together and making it kind of like a one-stop shop for brands and talent to come to. Mm.
0: It's super interesting to hear you talk about like um, you know the actors that have a lot of followers and that sort of thing Um, and I'm sure that they've been offered brand deals and have kind of managed it themselves but I guess the problem with that is you don't actually really know your worth unless you are kind of told like oh hey like this brand can pay you this amount but if they know that you'll take a smaller amount then like and you don't know any different and it's like on a very basic level as an example like we were just talking before about how star now as a website gets a lot of um tvc auditions being posted on there And that is great because it's so accessible to freelance artists and to artists that wanna, you know, take more control of their career and be applying as well as their agent is applying. The problem with some of the ads on that site is that they're grossly underpaid. So, you know, we were saying that there's, um, when you go through an an agency um, and get an audition that way for an alcohol um, ad, you can get anywhere between like, I don't know, like, seven to fifteen thousand for Mm. booking an alcohol commercial and whereas on star now I think they're paying I think the most I've seen is like a thousand dollars for an alcohol commercial like there are other ones that are different and so that is all well and good I'm not saying you know star now is bad definitely like have a look because there are some ads that are paying really high on there but you know that's That's the thing, if you don't know any different, you don't know that if you book that alcohol commercial on Star Now, you then can't work for another alcohol brand for three years. So I imagine there's something similar when you are um, partnering with um, brands for um, online promotions and brand deals. If you sign with someone, you then can't partner with um, anyone else in that kind of industry for a certain amount of time. And if you're taking a small amount of money, because you don't know that someone else is going to offer you a bigger amount, then that's really like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot and not that everything is about money. But hey, if you have the, the means to make more money from just having more followers because you've put in the work as a creative or as an actor, then why not use it? And so I think it's very interesting that you've created this kind of um, area specific to people in the entertainment industry, not just influencers, um, in order to kind of help them to, you know, um, I guess sign the best deals. And, um, yeah, so I think it's incredibly beneficial what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, 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 no, I just found that, um, you know, one of my friends in particular he has like 150,000 followers and he posts beautiful photos but for me i'm like this is such an underutilized opportunity for you to in between acting jobs to have a form of income and kind of diversify your income um but a lot of agents are just you know a a lot of agencies in sydney are kind of from that old school agent where social media wasn't around um when they were hiring people and so they just don't really understand how it works and the opportunities that it can actually present and um an example would be of so there's a actor called eloise fdos have you heard of her Mm -hmm. so she's a sydney actor and basically um was she's a comedian and um you know, wasn't exactly, I guess, um, in terms of well-known compared to other comedians, but something that she's done really well is she's utilized her social media account as an opportunity to promote her skills as an actor and comedian, and has started posting like skits, um, and, you know, has got a lot of brand exposure that way. And therefore, has had opportunities to promote brands and kind of has had those influencer opportunities come in. Um, But yeah, I think social media is just such a great tool for creatives and for people that are wanting to kind of give themselves the best kind of opportunity to get those roles. But instead of just posting, oh, sorry, I'm not wording this properly, but I think social media is, (laughs) I think, (laughs) I'm like, I, I think social media is, yeah. So what I'm trying to say, is let me start again (laughs) social media is a great tool for actors writers directors even producers to kind of promote their work and get more work because they can you know for example an actor can upload skits can upload like scenes that kind of show diversity in their range um a director can have actors read out their work and you know, there's just so much opportunity to kind of get brand exposure on social media, which I think that a lot of people in the entertainment industry are kind of lacking. Um, Because unless you're an influencer and you know how social media works and you know how to build your brand on social media, it's just not kind of, yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think um, it does make sense to me. And I think, um, you know, we talk about, brands as an actor and I don't necessarily um, like, you know, you're like, what is your um, typecast? And I don't necessarily Mm. think that that's helpful, but what you're saying in terms of brands is like with your social media, I think what's important is to find out who you truly are as a person. um, And, you know, what are your strengths as a creative Um, That's not necessarily saying like, what's your typecast? But say, um, for me as an example, one of my strengths is comedy. And so like, yes, on social media, not that I utilize it very well at all. So just don't look at my social media as an example. (laughs) But like, you know, I do post nice pictures, but then I really like um, my little captions to be funny and to take the piss sometimes people have been like why did you hashtag that and I'm like because it's stupid and funny and you should not take me seriously (laughs) um and then like I used to post skits but I just don't have time anymore so kind of utilizing that um you know thinking about how as a creative you can kind of already start to build your social media and that's not to say like don't use it as like a means to You know, for your aunties to keep up with what you're doing and that Mm. sort of thing. Um, But also I think it's, yeah, it's really important to just be like, who am I? What am I doing? What am I putting out into the world and why? Um, One thing that I will say that I don't want people to get confused with is with actors posting self-tapes as opposed to you saying posting skits Mm. or little scenes. They are not the same thing um so I just wanted to (laughs) say that because I do see a lot of actors posting self-tapes personally and I am completely fine with people to disagree with me on this personally I don't know if that's helpful for your career as an actor
1: yeah Um, I agree
0: yeah just from a standpoint of if you are trying to utilize your social media as a tool for you know um, marketing yourself. If you're just yeah. putting it up cause you're like, Hey, I did this self tape. I don't give a fuck about Instagram. Great. Do that. However, when we're saying skits and scenes that you're posting, we're talking about like things that you've actually filmed that is not against like a blue screen or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's always an interesting thing. Um, but you do you guys, you do you. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's, Um, good to clarify on that personally self-tapes I think are unnecessary to and I think should stay away from social media but I'm talking kind of making sure that your face is seen every day on social media whether that's on your story or on your um, post and kind of letting people know your skill set in terms of um, you know one uh, client I had that I was coaching as a voiceover actor and so we kind of sat down and went through, okay, how can we increase your brand awareness on social media and get you more jobs? And so kind of we talked about positioning him as a thought leader for voiceovers and um, having little kind of 30-second clips of him recording a voiceover or kind of utilising it that way without him posting his voice demo saying, hire me, guys, kind of, yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah that's that's a that's a great example um and yeah i definitely agree with that um in terms of where you want your company to go what is kind what are you kind of looking at in terms of like expansion in the future
1: yes great question um so where i intend to kind of build it to is that i want it to basically be um the biggest entertainment company in Australia that kind of does everything so something that I think America does really well is they um, are able to manage a kind of diverse portfolio of clients but then also produce work and put those clients in the work so what I intend to do with ASM is build it up to a position where I have amazing talent um, that are all you know, talented in their own right and consistent with their work and to kind of each represent something unique. And then also produce content utilizing that talent um, and then also building their social media presence through that company as well. So I guess the intention would be to be in a position where I'm producing, you know, two to five shows a year with my talent in it whether that's like short form, long form, um, even web series, IGTV content. Um, Yeah. And then obviously having those big brand deals as well come in as well. So, yeah. Mm.
0: Um, I just had a thought because I um, have been thinking about agents lately, Um, you know, from obviously you're saying like you want your talent to be in things that you're producing. And so Um, And I know that actors, like, it's a very, um, or like, you know, creatives, whoever you're going to be representing, um, the process of like emailing someone um, for representation and then what the um, person who is representing people sees, there's not a lot of clarity on kind of what happens. Um, I know that we talk to casting directors about that when we all do casting workshops, but it's rare that you kind of get to hear from an actual agent kind of what happens. And so um, obviously um, you're managing. And so um, from that perspective of a manager, what is what is the scenario of like someone emailing you and like what's going because it's not as simple as what would I be looking for yeah what are you looking for and like it's not as simple as being like oh that's a shit email um no I'm not going to reply to that you know and I think um obviously we get told like oh management and agents are inundated with emails so blah 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 kind of thing so I want to know from your perspective what is that like having been an actor and you know emailing agents and then having been on the other side as well
1: yeah. I think um my experience with being an actor um is that um their emails I what I used to do is I used to call reception and find out the receptionist's name and then address and then say hi Jess, it was so lovely speaking to you, blah blah blah. Thank you for letting me send through. And you know, and then you include your website, your IMDB page, the whole shebang. Um and you know, you might not hear from them or you might and whatever, but, and I find that, that um I would mainly get through to the agent if there was a connection. Um, I didn't actually find that I was ever successful, just kind of cold emailing. Or a few times I, I was, and I had a few interviews and meetings from that, but I've, I found that the best kind of way is to, to see if you can find an introduction to kind of introduce you to the person. So you're not, or yeah, or even just call and ask them, hey, can I please send this email to to you? So there is that kind of connection and contact before, because I think what agents get really frustrated by is just these people sending emails, but not actually attaching anything that's valuable, like a showbill, a website, an IMDb profile, a reference. Um, But personally, what I would look for um, in a management email, so, for example, an email that came through recently um, looking for representation. Um, At the the moment, something that I really value is I really value that that people that take their career seriously as a performer. So people that have a website, even a signature, um, that even if it's just their full name, email and mobile number, I think that that's really important, just showing that you're taking this seriously as a business. Um, having all the right materials, obviously, up-to-date, showreel, and kind of, for example, like snippets, if it's a voiceover actor, like snippets, you know, different reels, and kind of having that all ready to go, um, and even a media kit uh, that you can create on Canva. But, I mean, yeah, just making sure that you're showing them that you're taking it as professional as you want them to take you.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I actually um, was doing a session yesterday with Emily Joy, who I've had on the podcast before. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go and listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was doing a session with her. And one thing that she mentioned to me, because I was um, speaking to her about um, something and she was saying like, if, you have a Vimeo page even. So you're sending like one link, which is to your Vimeo page. And then you have ordered um, self-tapes that you have on your Vimeo or like a short scene from something Mm. that you booked and filmed. Um, having them ordered in what you think is the most important. Um, I think that that like for you as a manager, I'm sure you would much rather get like, here is a link to my Vimeo, which has my content on it, rather than being like, here's a comedy self tape I did. And then here's this ad yeah. that I did. And like all those different, like even like s- something as simple as formatting the email that way, I'm sure like that comes across more professional as
1: well. Yeah. it's also like it's also being able to see how can i market this person and how can i further their career because i think one thing that i do um with the talent is that i sit down with them and i say okay what are your three six and 12 month goals and how can we achieve that and if i can't see in your email how like where you want to go and how we're going to get there it's kind of for me I'm like oh well you know like you've got to kind of approach for a manager I mean you've got to kind of approach it with like this is why I want to work with you this is what I want to do and this is what I want to achieve because if you're just kind of sending them your stuff and saying hey I really want to be managed but it's like well why do you want to be managed mm. um what do you need help with is it your socials like uh, so I think being clear and concise on why you want to partner with that manager or that agent, I think is a really valuable thing. And also giving them a compliment, like um, something that works really well for me is when I was approaching agents, I would actually look on their books and see who had booked, um, who out of their talent had booked something recently. And I would comment on that, be like, oh, congratulations, I saw that your client, blah, 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 booked this. And I think that's a really good way um is just yeah making sure you always start with a compliment
0: (laughs) (laughs) or at least like acknowledging that the email is specifically for them because you know sending those emails where you're just copying and pasting the same email to every agent they can tell you can tell that an email is like oh 100 you know so they're like well you don't kind of value me and what i'm doing you kind of just want to cast a wide net And I completely agree, like, um, you know, it's important to realize once you do um, sign with an agent or a manager, um, you know, the work isn't done. You don't just get to go. Okay, thank God I signed um, with someone. Now they can go and do the work for me. I think it's important to bring to the table, like, hey, I'm good to go. Like, I've got all this stuff I'm doing, and I just want someone on my team who's going to align with where I want to go and what I want to do. Is that you? Maybe, kind of thing. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's interesting, though, because I think um, having now transitioned into this kind of management role, um, it's interesting looking back on how I thought the relationship was with my agent and just I, I think one thing I am really starting to try and focus on is making sure because you are working for the client and I think that a lot of people um kind of get confused with their dynamic and have this kind of mentality of like the client is on our books but really and but really you are working for the client and you know you need to see them as a client and so working for them checking in for them that's something that i'm really trying to work on is like checking in weekly with my clients, also sending them whip updates of like what I actually have done so that they know that I actually am working for them and that I actually am sending the emails that I'm saying. I also sometimes BB, BBC um, my clients into emails just so that they're across if if I don't want to send them an, an update, um, just so that they are across and kind of I find that that's where um, a lot of kind of agents and managers in the past might have um slipped a little bit in terms of um losing that communication with your client and knowing that you are working for the client so ensuring that you do maintain that consistent communication and yeah
0: i love that because i completely agree that's um where i have had um like issues before is like i'm really big with communication like I am very prompt on my emailing. I'm like, I tried it my best with text messages and stuff like that to get back to people and stuff. And, you know, in the past, I've had people representing me in which I was kind of questioning if an email did or didn't get sent. And I hate that. I don't, I don't want that. I want to know that you're going to send that email. And so... Yeah, I really love that that's a priority of yours um, because I think there is kind of, um, that is something that um, some agencies or agents in particular do kind of struggle with. And not to say that they're not incredibly busy people. I know that they are, but when your job is to represent and manage people, like how can you do that to the best of your ability to make sure that they feel like they want to continue to work with you you know
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: yeah yeah. Well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've so enjoyed catching up, just having a little chat um, with you. Um, so Thanks, <laughs> Let me know what things you want to plug before we leave, what socials, what websites, and I'll link them all below as well so people can click on them very easily.
1: Um. Yes, yeah, so... Obviously, my Instagram account is Alyssa Stevenson, but my business account is Alyssa Stevenson Management. So, yeah, feel free to follow my account. Also, um, I am taking on a couple of more clients at the moment. So feel free to reach out as well, even if you just want a social media consultation. That's always a good thing. Um, yeah, and I'll give you a very honest opinion and helpful kind of insight into how to build your brand
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: on social media. So <laughs> amazing! I love um, that. Yeah, I think that's yeah awesome and thanks Rach, for having me it's been awesome
0: of course I think we've been planning this for a while um because we've always been <laughs> yeah. like oh you know when we do this or when we do that we'll do a podcast episode so <laughs> it finally happened
1: guys <laughs> it did we got it together
0: yes well thank you so much um for being here and I will talk to you soon
1: sounds good Rach. I'll speak to you soon